0: Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. So, we're going to continue our series today. And this is a nine week series. I've never done a nine week series. I normally run out of steam about week four. Um, but uh, we're on week six of this series. Uh, called What Matters, and really just stripping things down and making sure we understand what matters in life. And so um, God's just given us some great topics, and today I believe this is another topic. Um, Are you ready for Thanksgiving? That's this week. You guys remember, it's kind of hard to believe. Is is Thanksgiving this week? It is this week, yeah. So Thanksgiving is happening this week. Some of you, man, like, rawr. Um, How many's ready for Thanksgiving? Dear Lord. Pecan pie, and praise him. Pumpkins, Pie and turkey stuffed with stuffing. And anybody got a favorite? Just yell it out. What's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Just yell it out. Somebody said, I don't know what you said. I thought somebody said cranberry noodles. I'm like, that's different. I heard noodles and pumpkin pie and, and uh, turkey. And anybody do like anything that's not traditional for Thanksgiving? Like subs? Anybody? Pizza? You know Waffle House, come on somebody. I'm telling you you can do Waffle House all the time, Bob Evans, watch out now, yeah, they do they have a good uh, they have a good Thanksgiving, and so we pray you guys have a great Thanksgiving and uh, spending with family and friends this week and so today we're going to talk about the subject of integrity of integrity. what matters? in life is our integrity. This is a word that sometimes can scare people, it can come, sometimes feel judgmental when you start talking about things that matter like your integrity because as we start to go through this, you're gonna see there's a difference between the image you portray and the integrity that you live with. There's a big difference between the two. Billy Graham said it this way, he said, integrity is the glue that holds life together integrity is the glue that holds life together dwight eisenhower said this in order to be a leader a man must have followers and to have followers a man must have their confidence hence the supreme quality of a leader is unquestionably integrity without it no real success is possible so if you're a leader, you're leading your family, you're leading a corporation, you leading a business, you're, you're all leaders in the room in some way. you have a realm of influence, whether you're mom, dad, whatever it is, there's a realm of influence. And integrity is the glue that holds our life together. The word integrity means this. It, is, it comes from the root wholeness. It means wholeness. It means, it means without division. Um, it means the state of being complete unified, or being one with yourself. Now, the Bible tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. In other words, when you live with a double mind and you're not complete, you're not united, you're not unified with yourself, and what you're portraying is very different from how you're living, you have an integrity issue. Integrity matters because I believe integrity is the hidden thing in our life that fuels life it fuels relationships. It fuels, it fuels our, our career. It fuels our calling. Integrity is that bedrock within yourself that you know you're not living a double life. And so i want to encourage you today. It also means this. Here's, here's probably the best definition of integrity. It's aligning who you are with what you say, how you act, and with what you do. It's, it's aligning the, the, the all of what you say that comes out your mouth and, and how you act and what you do that lines together, that creates integrity in your life. What you say aligned with how you act, aligned with what you do, is your integrity. Your image is this. Your image is what people think you are. We all have a, we all have a, we all have that. We all have image. We all think, okay, this is who I'm betraying to be. I come into a church. I come into work. I, I have an image that I must uphold, and, and I can't let that image uh, uh, down. And so I really care what people think. So I with uh, try to, to I try to I try to get myself into that place where my image matters, but integrity is what you really are. I like to say it like this, uh, integrity is who you are when no one is watching. That's integrity. Who are you when nobody is watching? Who are you in that stage of life? Do you you live a certain way behind closed doors and you act a certain way in public? Proverbs chapter 10 verse number 9 says this, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. Bottom line. He says, if you don't walk in integrity and you decide to live a double life and live a crooked path, that it will be found out. Now, the thing you have to understand about God is you don't have to be nervous about your stuff be found out. does he make any sense? Look, you don't have to be nervous about people or God finding out because God is not here to judge you on the stuff that you're doing that nobody's looking at. God's here to love you even in the secret place. Even in the secret moments, even in that double, double, double lifestyle, if you will, that he, he wants to love you right where you're at. Let life, listen, life with no secrets creates security. Integrity breeds confidence. You know, there's a, it's a bedrock in your life when you know that I ain't got Z, I got zero skeletons in the closet. Come on, Somebody. Now, I know this is one of the messages where you're like, you know, you know and I try, I try every week to get in your business. This is one of the messages where it's like you really got to start to think through integrity because it fuels your life. And here's the thing you have to understand about your integrity. It's not just about you. Right? When you're whole and you're unified with yourself and you're aligning what you do and what you say with your lifestyle and those things are lining up, it speaks to the people that are around you. You never have to portray an image if you live with integrity. Let me say that again. You never have to put your best foot forward with your image if you live with integrity because integrity is the thing that speaks in your life. It is the bedrock. It creates security. It creates and breeds confidence. Proverbs chapter 11, verse number three says, the integrity of the upright guides them but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. He says you're, de- you're destroyed by that doubledness in your life, by that duplicity. He says, he says, but integrity of the upright guides them. He, God's not looking to beat you over the head. What he's trying to do is he's trying to guide you through your integrity with him. And, and so I, wanna, I just want to wrestle with some questions today to help you grow in your integrity because integrity matters, Number one, here's the first question you need to wrestle with. Is my personal walk with God up to date? That's a great question that we have to wrestle with. I'm going to give you six of them. What, what, where is your personal walk with God? Is it up to date? In other words, do you have a devotional life? Do you spend time reading His Word? Do you spend time uh, worshiping Him? Do you spend time going to a small group? Do you spend time serving? Where is your up-to-date personal relationship with God at? Well, pastor, I I don't have time to have an up-to-date personal relationship with God. So what you're saying is I would rather default to bad integrity than making time for an up-to-date personal walk with God. See, because God's word is the the foundation of our integrity. When we start to read God's word and we start to live in that Romans chapter 12, verse number two uh, passage where where he transforms our mind and he makes us into a new creature. When we start to live in that place of integrity and, and we deal with the stuff in our life. And honestly, the first place you need to start to deal with things is not with a person. You need to deal with yourself before God. You need to get before God in his word and say, God, David did it. David prayed. Show me the places in my life, the areas in my life where there's, there, there's, there's a crooked path, if you will. So we have to understand today, how is, is my personal walk with God up to date? Now, thank God we're getting ready to celebrate Christmas and and but man, there's there's folks that they're C and E Christians. They only come on Christmas and Easter. The average church person in, in America today attends church every six weeks. Once every six weeks. Now think about that for just a minute. Now I know it's not you guys. We're not in that statistic. Come on, somebody. That's a world statistic, not our statistic. But I do want you to know that, that that's that's where uh, that's where the church is when it comes to our personal walk with God. It's not up-to-date. We're not on fire, we don't have a passion for souls, we're not we're not really into God's word. It's a it's an on occasion, and he, he, we got our fire insurance, but we don't take the word of God in, and, and word of God becomes a part of us and continues to be our, our living, breathing breath that we breathe every single day is God's word. And having an up-to-date relationship with Him. Look, we can all make excuses excuses. excuses. We can all say we're busy, but listen to me, at the end of life, look, you don't want to be said that I was just busy. You want to be a person that's laying on your deathbed with integrity. How does that start? My personal walk with God is up to date. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Notice what it says. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. We start, integrity starts within our heart. Our integrity can only change when we get honest with God's word. It can only change when we bring our personal relationship to him up to date. How many know on your phones you have uh, software updates, right? My father-in-law, he's, he is, uh, I, we were at dinner with him last night, and he was like, oh, I got a text. My phone's going to update. I got I to gotta update it. How many know if you don't update these things, eventually you're going to get to a place where you're not going to be able to update them? Right? They're going to have so many softwares ahead of you and they don't, they don't, uh, you can't update it anymore. Well, I asked him, he said, well, my phone's going to update. I said, how's your computer? I said, how, how's your, what's your updates on your computer? Oh, I, it's, it's, I, I didn't update it. No, I did I, It's not update. I have no idea up, about it. Listen, why? It's not up to date, which means it's not going to function like it's supposed to function. Your life will not function on a stale relationship with Jesus. Your life can only function when your life has, you've had all the upgrades. Come on, man, you've had a personal, updated relationship with Him that creates a fire on the inside of you. Like Jeremiah said, His word is like a fire shut up in my bones. It's a personal walk with God. Romans 12.2 says, I do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Number two is this. If you're going to grow in your integrity, you have to ask the question, am I keeping my priorities straight? Am I keeping my priorities straight? In other words, priorities reveal the heart. What you're constantly doing reveals what your heart is beating for. What, if you could calculate your time, you would see what your heart beats for. You could see the priority of your life. Listen, what gets your quality time? Not the length of time, not, not lengths of time, but your quality time. What do you put first in your life that gets your most quality of time? See, because priorities matter, right? I got God, I have my marriage. Right. If you're not married, then it's, it's yourself. You're focusing on yourself. It's God, it's, it's my marriage, it's myself, it's then my kids. Some of you got that backwards. Some of you, your priority is God and your kids and your spouse is number three. Some of you, it's God, kids, career, spouse, number four. Can I just give you a really good hint that your kids are not gonna live with you forever? Thank you, Jesus, But you want to know who you're married to when they leave. And if, if, if she's, or she or he is not a priority, your spouse is not a priority, and it's, it's the kids, it's all centered around the kids. we got to do everything for the kids. It's about the kids. We do this for the kids. We're always doing stuff for the kids. Listen to me. Those kids are going to leave, and you're going to go, who is this bozo that I'm living with? Priorities are out of whack. You gotta be very careful about your priorities because it will help you grow in your integrity. Put God first. Put marriage. Some of you got your job before your family. Boy, hey, I'm on number two, just so you know. I'm getting a six. Some of you got your job before your family. You're like, well, but pastor, I gotta work hard to provide for my family. Yes, but listen to me, especially you guys. Your family doesn't just need your money, they need your emotions. Your kids need your emotional side, not just your money. Not just that you work hard and you provide and you come home and yeah, daddy works hard and he comes home but he sits on the couch because he's so tired from providing that he can't emotionally connect to the kids because it's all about being successful. Listen, move out of success and make significance a priority because success is about you, significance is about others. And if we, would, if we would examine our heart today and we would say to ourselves, am I keeping my priorities straight? We gotta wrestle with that because that reveals and helps you grow in your integrity. So today, this afternoon, in your prayer time, look at your life and go, what's most important to me? And realign those things. It's not. It's not you don't gotta sit down and figure out a plan. It's real simple. I haven't put God first. I'm going to move him there. Come on, somebody. Like, I've been putting my job before my family, so I'm going to move that there. I'm going to move it around, right? You're going to get your priorities in line. Number three is this Am I accountable to someone in authority in my life? Am I accountable to someone in authority in my life? We've been reading this book called The 12 Week Year, it's a great book. We've been reading this book how to break your year down into basically a 12 week year and live with goals and those sorts of things. But, but there's a statement made and it's this, because a lot of times when we hear the word accountable, there's a statement that says, I just need someone to hold me accountable. Like we live in that state and it's been in the church for a long time. It's just been in life. I need somebody to hold me accountable. But what you have to realize is that's the wrong view of accountability. Accountability is not about someone holding you accountable. It's about you learning to hold yourself accountable. Not you waiting on somebody to hold you accountable. And this is what he said in the book. He said these types of statements reflect the mistaken notion that accountability is something that can and must be imposed. That's not accountability, that's consequences. In fact, it is impossible to hold someone else accountable. Isn't that interesting? It's impossible to hold someone else accountable. Accountability is not consequences, but ownership. It is a character trait, a life stance, a willingness to own your actions and results regardless of the circumstances. So accountability doesn't have to do with whether or not you need somebody to hold you accountable. It's are you keeping yourself accountable to somebody else? It's you taking ownership of your life. It's you taking a stance. He says that accountability is not consequences, but it's ownership. Listen, how many, all of us know, nobody wants anyone to tell them what to do? How many would agree? If you have kids, that's a fact. Like, hey, go clean your room hey, go clean your room, go clean your room. No, I'm not cleaning my room. I want to watch Scooby-Doo. Okay, go clean your room before I choke. I'm just kidding. That's in your heart, right? You just want to reach out. Oh, I love you. Amen. Bring it in. Good. Nobody likes to be told what to do. You know, I, when, I've been a, you know, a, on staff at another church. I mean, we used to have people that used to bark about the parking lot. What do you mean by that? We used to have parking lot attendants because there was a crowd, and we used to have to park people, and we'd park them, and people would get nasty about parking in the spot that's not their spot. I'm like, are you kidding me? You are upset about not parking in the spot that you think is your spot. You know what? Just for that, I'm parking you out in the field. Got my little wand out there and send them on, man. Like they would, they get upset. Why? Because nobody likes to be told what to do. We're getting ready to come into Thanksgiving, and some of you crazy people are going to go shopping. Have you been to Walmart the day after Thanksgiving? There's people waiting like they're animals. Ready? I'm going to get that DVD player. Oh my God! DVD players don't even. Who cares? I'm going to get that 42-inch TV. My God, it's $69, and I'm going to run God and everybody over, and security's like, stop, and we're like, no, I want the TV. We don't like to be told what to do. I'll just say one word, and some of you will know, speed limits. How many think those are suggestions? Come on, somebody. I mean, I don't like to be told what to do when it comes to driving. And speaking of that, my wife tells me how to drive. She's not in here today, I don't think. We had a great vacation, so I can say what I want to say. She's telling me how to drive. I don't like when she tells me I'm making these mistakes. I'm like, I'm not on the other side of the line, honey. I promise, I can see where I'm at. Can I have some therapy with you right now, church? (laughs) Like, listen, I'm not on that, stop telling me, stop, stop, stop telling me. Why, because we don't like when people tell us what to do. We don't like accountability in our life accountability is where we take ownership of our life it's a character trait we're so independent does anybody have life 360 on their phone anybody have life 360 on their phone great that's great some of you are smiling that you got it you some some of you might you if you have teenagers this is great i think life 360 you you can see where everybody's at you can see i think when they're texting while they drive because they do all the teenagers like dear god here he goes like you can see where like you can see nobody nobody wants to be told what to do like come on somebody that life 360 will tell you when she's at the mall it will tell you it'll tell you why because we're just so independent we just we just want to live our lives and not be accountable listen hebrews says this hebrews 13:17 obey those who rule over you and be submissive ha he said submissive i'm cringing for they watch out for your souls. He says, for those that rule over you, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief. In other words, stop causing grief. He says, let the people, (laughs) come on somebody. He says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your soul as those who will give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. In other words, it's important that you live in this place of accountability with authority in your life. And do it with joy. Listen, we always do better when someone's watching us. We always do better when somebody is watching us. Here's what I here's what I, here's where we here's where we mess up with submission. Submission is not agreement. In fact, it's not submission until there is disagreement. Watch out somebody. <laughs> Let me say say this to you. President of the United States. Some of you have a view of the President of the United States. The scripture tells us that all authority's been put into place. and I'm I'm treading where people don't want to tread right now, but I'm gonna go ahead and tread there. He, He says this, he says, I don't have to agree, but I do have to submit. I don't agree with speed limits, but I have to submit. I don't agree with certain things that happen in this world, but I have to submit to the leaders that are in my life. Personally, there's things that people I don't agree with some of the stuff that that sometimes that my accountability and my authority in my life say to me, I don't agree with I don't agree, I don't agree with you. You wrong, but I still bring my life into that place of submission. Because submission is only required when there's disagreement, and God puts authorities in our lives to teach us how to have a submitted heart to God. That's why authorities are there, is to teach us how to have a submitted heart to God. How we submit to the authority, listen, is normally how we submit to God. How we submit to authority is normally how we submit to God. Listen, and sometimes he puts difficult authority to test you. Ask David. Saul and David is a perfect example. David could have any moment took Saul straight out. But he said, I'm not going to touch God's anointed. He didn't agree with Saul. He didn't agree with how Saul was leading. But listen, if he would have acted on, 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 in disobedience in that moment, he would not have been king. That, he would have been removed from that place of kingship. Here's what I want you to understand is that you have to invite authority into your life. You have to invite people into your life that you can say, here's where I'm at and I'm gonna own where I'm at and here's, how, can, how can I go to the next level in my integrity? First Thessalonians 5, 12, and 13 says, and we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Number four is this. Am I overly concerned with image building? Am I overly concerned with image building? And here's some questions under this to ask yourself that will reveal this this in your life. And when I do something for the Lord, do I care if I receive credit for it? Like I want somebody to notice that I'm putting these things up. Come on, somebody. Somebody tell me that I'm doing a good job. Well, why are you doing it? Right? When, do, when, when I do something for the Lord, do I care if I receive credit for it? Number two is, am I more concerned with how I perform or whether people see Christ in me? I would rather somebody see Christ in me than a high level of performance. Number three, do I spend more time on how I dress and look or am I on, or on developing my character? Do I spend more time on how I dress and look or am I developing my character? right? Are we building image? Are we, are we building our images? Here's a good one. Am I the same person no matter who I'm with? Am I the same person no matter who I'm with? Like I'm with my church friends. So hallelujah. Praise him. Jesus, your Lord. Amen. Bring it heavenly father. Then I go to work and I'm completely different over here. Something's really different. There's no hallelujahs. Come on somebody. There, there's derogatory things, there's there's things that are happening that you're saying and you're agreeing with that you would never agree with when you're with your church friends, right? There's a double-mindedness. So how are you, are you the same person no matter who I'm with? And then do I make decisions based on what is right or what is easily accepted? These are all into, am I building or concerned with image building? Number five is this, I got one more after this. Am I a loner in my service to the lord am i a loner in my service to the lord listen god created the church as a place you would come so iron sharpens iron God created the church that way. He didn't create the church just to be a social club. Now listen, um, back in the day when some people still do um, uh, charcoal when they make steak and burgers, and it, it, sometimes it just tastes better too. But you, the old school have the little, the little, uh, the little. Uh, I had one in college. It was about this big and just real close to the ground. You just put the coals in, it put the, put the stuff, the lighter fluid, boom, boom, and there it is, fire. And then, and then what, what happens though, all those coals are together and they're feeding off of one another and the heat is, heat is happening. But what if I took one of those coals out and I set it off to the side and I removed it from the other coals? What's going to happen? It's going to get cold. Listen to me, listen to me. This is why people are being picked off with deception is because they've removed themselves from the coal and they've tried to do life by themselves. This fire eventually goes out, and before long it's useless, and you're overcome with deception. You're not, listen, you're not challenged in your integrity when you're by yourself. You're only challenged in your integrity when you're around other coals of fire. Loners are selfish because life is about them and their lonerness. Not even a word. But, but it's, it's, it's in that lonely, lo- lonerness, praise him. Loners have character issues and it keeps, keeps you from getting closer to Jesus and making a difference in the world. When you isolate yourself, and I'm telling you, this is a trick of the enemy. Stop believing the lie that you can do life on your own. You are not that awesome. Your fire goes out. You believe the lies of the enemy. He speaks into your mind. And then before long, you're not even serving him. Proverbs 18.1 says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. His own desire, he rages against all wise judgment. You, sometimes you can't convince somebody that is, that is a loner and in isolation. Listen, here, Proverbs tells us, he says he raises against all wise judgment. In other words, you're not gonna make decisions, really good ones, on your own. Hebrews ten twenty five. you should not stay away from the church meetings, as some are doing, but you should meet together and encourage one another. Do this even more as you see the day approaching. Am I a loner in my service to the Lord? And then finally, number number six is this, and I'll close. Am I honest about my weaknesses? When it comes to growing your integrity and focusing on integrity because it matters, am I honest about my weaknesses? How many know we all have weaknesses? We all have weaknesses in this room. Listen, some we know and we hide them. We know the weaknesses and we hide them. Then there are some we don't know. Those are called blind spots. We have weaknesses in our life and what what happens is people of integrity will invite people in and ask them, do you see anything I don't see? Boy, that's a tough evaluation process. I've been through it before and constantly going through It's inviting people into my life to say, Listen, fellas, is there anything in my life that I'm missing? Is there anything in my life that, that I don't see? And that's what people of integrity that are growing in integrity do. What are my weaknesses and what am I doing to deal with those things in my life that are weaknesses? Am I putting guardrails in place? Am I, am, am I allowing myself to, to, to put in a plan and a system that helps me in my weaknesses? 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. We all have weaknesses, and if we're not careful, the pride factor will move in, and we're thinking that we're just conquering the world, that we can do this on our own, like we, we, just, we just conquer the world, and, and that's where we're at, and I can take this thing, and I can do whatever I want. Listen, listen, listen. He says, take heed, lest you fall. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I want to read this to you as we close. It's called Myself. It's by Edgar Guest. It says this, I have to live with myself, and so I want to be fit for myself to know. I want to be able as days go by always to look myself straight in the eye, I don't want to stand with the setting sun and hate myself for the things I've done. I don't want to keep on a, on a closet shelf a lot of secrets about myself and fool myself as I come and go into thinking that nobody else will know the kind of man I really am. I don't want to dress up myself in shame. I want to go, go out with my head up. I want to deserve all men's respect but here in this struggle for fame and pelf, I want to be able to like myself. I don't want to look at myself and know that I'm a bluster and a bluff, an empty show. I never can hide myself from me. I see what others may never see. I know what others may never know. I never can fool myself. And so whatever happens, I want to be self-respecting and conscious, free. That's my prayer. I don't want to get to the end of this thing and have a bunch of doubled-mindedness in my life. I wanna live in that place of integrity because integrity matters. Some of us in this room, you're living two lives. You're living a life that you don't want anybody else to know about. It's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be some gross sin either, so get that out of your brain. It doesn't have to be some gross sin that you're living over here in this isolation, you're living this certain life. No, you might be struggling with some stuff. It might just be stuff you're struggling with that nobody knows you're struggling with. You're living a life you don't want anyone to know about. Listen to me, no matter what that is today, God still loves you. No matter what, no matter what the issue is, how bad the issue is, God will forgive you Listen, if you're willing to get rid of it. If you're willing to say today, pastor, there's some things in my life that don't add up. I wanna grow in my integrity. I wanna wanna confront some things. Listen, you can't change your past. Stop trying to. You can't change it, but you can lay down everything that's happening in your life today and change your future. You have the power to change your future. Forget the past, it's over. The stuff's happened, you're done. But you gotta let go. You can't allow the past to continue to determine your integrity today. God wants us to live in that place because integrity matters and it speaks to people that we can make decisions today that will affect our future and for eternity. You can't change your past, so lay it down. Just close your eyes this morning, everybody across this place today. And this is not a salvation call this morning. I'm doing something a little bit different. But if you're in this place and you say, Pastor, there's some stuff in my life and this is gonna be an honest moment. I don't really do it like this sometimes, but I'm gonna do it today. Is there some double-mindedness in my life? There's some things in my life that, in the area of integrity, that I live a certain way and I, I don't want anybody to know about it. I'm not gonna ask you to tell us all today. But I am gonna ask you, cause I wanna pray for you. I really feel freedom in this place today that God wants to set you free. You're tormented by the double life. You're tormented by living the double life, the secret life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor, today, I've been struggling in my integrity and I wanna grow in my integrity. I'm tired of living the double life. There's some stuff that I know I need to resolve, some things I need to deal with, some things I need to ask for forgiveness on. There's some things I need to get some help on, and today I wanna make that decision. Would you do me a favor? Would you just stand where you're at? That's risk. But if that's you, would you just stand up for me, please? Yes, sir. Yep. It's the first step. Why don't you embarrass instead of being embarrassed. Why don't you embarrass the double-mindedness in your life? It's awkward to stand up in front of everybody. It's tough, but it's the first step to experiencing a lot of freedom. Anybody else say, Pastor, that's me, man. My integrity, I need to get some things right, and I just want to be included in this prayer today. Just stand up, I'll pray for you, okay. Father, today in the name of Jesus, church, I'd ask you to pray right now. Just pray right where you're at in in your seat. There is some things right now that this decision in my spirit today, this is what I'm going to say, that this decision to stand is actually going to change the trajectory of their future. The whole idea of quitting, the whole idea of giving up, the whole idea of not being able to make things work, the whole idea of trying to figure it out today, because of this moment, I believe that the chain that's been on your mind is going to break. This is not a game. This is a high level of spiritual warfare right now of what's going on in this room. Some of you understand it, some of you don't. That's okay. You don't know what the stories are of people that are standing right now and what they're going through. But I believe today as we pray in agreement, the church, come on, we're going we're gonna to bring the isolated coals and we're going to put them back in the fire today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for each person that's standing this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, as as a response to your word today, as a response to your Holy Spirit in this moment, that, Lord, there are those that are standing, that are fighting in their integrity and working through things in their life today. And, Father, I believe that you're pleased with their stand. And Lord, as they stand, the enemy will fall. As they have stood, the enemy will fall. The chains will break. The the things, Lord, that only they know about. Today, Lord, that as we come before you, that Lord, you will begin to move. You will begin to touch. You will begin to heal. You will begin to deliver. Some of you that are standing, just let the unforgiveness go. Just let it go. Let the image building go. So Lord, I speak healing over them. I speak a fresh start over them. I pray today, Lord, as they, as they wrestle with these questions, that you will sharpen them. And Lord God, they'll come out even even hotter, even more on fire for you than they have ever been in their entire life. And I thank you today that you are cutting off the tentacles of the past. And today, Lord, they're going to be able to move into the future that you have designed for them. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand clap. Come on, you guys can be seated for those of you that stood. Come on, give him a big hand clap this morning. Isn't God good? I just want to say thank you. I'm very, I'm very, I'm filled with gratitude with where we are as a church and for you as the people of God and for your families. I just want to wish you, me and Jennifer, just wish you a a very happy Thanksgiving this week. Maybe this week you just take some time to turn upward and go, Lord, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. Maybe it won't be about pumpkin pie this time. Though that's important. Praise the Lord. He understands. He understands our fleshly desires. Let's just start with him and thank him for all his goodness and mercy. Saving us in deliverance. And Lord, we just do that as a church. We close out the service thanking you today for your goodness, your mercy, your faithfulness. Lord, we serve you and we thank you for everything you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Give the Lord a big hand clap today. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.